Welcome everybody to Goliath Cybersecurity's podcast called Cyber Insanity. 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 Uh, so today uh, I am your host along with others. My name is Andrew Bracuda. And I'm Angelo Longo. And, and I'm Gabriella. Hi, everyone. Big shout out to Gabriella for being our uh, cat herder and uh, an engineer extraordinaire and our voice of reason to keep us on the straight and narrow. So thank you for joining us today. And we look forward to yet another episode of our podcast today. Angela, this week I have to go to the dentist. Insert ominous music here. And one of the biggest things about going to the dentist is you always had that dreaded fear, or maybe you did have to do this, this, this past week or month, you had to get a root canal. And it's not a pleasant experience. And it, you know the pain involved, and I'm sure there are people on the podcast, you know, shrugging right now and going, Brr, blah, no. But I think there's one thing that could be arguably worse is uh, in the security space anyway, called data categorization. Uh, insert ominous music again. Um, but if given a choice, I would, uh, and maybe our podcast listeners can weigh in here, but given a choice, if you had to do a root canal, or you could do data categorization for the first time. I would argue that maybe a good percentage would say, I'll take the root canal because I can at least be anesthetized. What 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 do you thought? What do you think? It is an extremely painful process to find and categorize where your data is. And I'm gonna say root canal is is an option. But I will state the effect. <laughs> I've had a root canal and I have my teeth pulled. <laughs> And sometimes getting your teeth pulled is a much better thing. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna relate this. Data categorization is finding your data and finally getting it is like having that teeth tooth pulled. You've gotten through the pain, the agony, and you removed the pain from your mouth. But it's a long road to get there, oh. and your teeth has already deteriorated probably by the time you get to that point. So, well, okay, so. I'm going to pick on an impartial on an impartial person, Gabriella. Yeah. Root canal or data categorization? Uh, <laughs> he'll get his answer. He's going to get his answer. I will get my answer. I think I'm going to go for the root canal. Hey! <laughs> Have we ever rooted for a dentist so hard? So okay. So All the Angelo, listening right now are like, yeah. I, I know, right? Brush, brush and floss between meals. Um, Angelo, so, so it's not as painful from a security standpoint. What is data categorization? I mean, why is there worth our trouble in business these days to even implement in the data management strategy? Well, listen, guys, listen, you've seen every B word out there, breach, um, you know, system infiltration, all these things in the paper, in the newspaper, uh, seeing how people are being affected, like you and I and Gabriella, by other people's, um, other people causing you know, a hellacious time at some type of company, some company that you use, uh, healthcare company, whatever, uh, credit card, something along those lines, they're affecting the data. But here's the problem. If the company doesn't know what data they have, where it's at, sensitivity of it, 
and and basically, you know, who has access to it. They really don't know what's affected when and how, and what it may have been exfiltrated versus um, versus if the integrity be affected. So, an overall data categorization is finding your data, whether that's structured, structured meaning within a program, procedure, function in the organization, or unstructured meaning taken out for purposes like marketing to use as a uh, some type of distribution list or uh, some type of analysis by data uh, by data intelligence. You know, these are places where data becomes unstructured, not within the programs. And the problem is, if you don't know where that data is coming from and going to, you don't really have a control of that data and what's happening with that data. And then on top of it, obviously, what's the sensitivity? Do you have uh, email addresses? Fine. Then you contain a name. Then you may contain an address. Do you have date of birth? Do you have right. social security? Do you have credit card numbers? Do you have... This becomes more sensitive, more sensitive, more sensitive as you combine all these elements together. And if you don't know how they're combined, you don't know who has access to them, you haven't set the security standard to say this is sensitive, and you have no reactive force to say, hey, something's happening with this, you end up in a situation wherein, boom, you don't, you're, you've, you've been infiltrated, you don't know if it's affected, you know what's happening, and, and you're basically an open book to somebody. So data so, categorization and, is not fun, but and 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 let and let also remind everybody what data really is, right? I mean, this could be um, your crown jewels of your company, be it a Absolutely. patent, be it intellectual capital, be it your customer records, be it Absolutely. um your employee records, which we sometimes overlook. Um so so with that said, why is categorization worth the trouble for businesses and individuals to even implement in their data management strategies, right? Why, why, uh, why should it be effective in improving a decision-making? Like, how can you make it an effective uh, exercise for, for decision-making and, and data analysis process? And give us some examples. Okay. So you're, you're a company that does some type of uh, financial gathering or financial benefit that you're back. You have... Okay. Yeah, you you have um, data coming in. You have people's names, addresses, phone numbers, social security numbers. Uh, you are collating that data along with financial data, which um, includes their bank records, which includes other pieces of data. If you may, if they may have credit cards with you or whatnot, so you have credit reporting data. All those pieces of data is coming into play. And if you do not have a something that says, "Hey, this is sensitive. Hey, this is something that mm -hmm. you need to take care of." and or communicate with the employees that, hey, because of this, you need to treat this in a better manner than you would something that's public, something that's well-known, something that's like a, hey, everybody, we're having a, you know, a May deal on some type of bank account or whatever, some public thing versus some sensitive thing. Your employees may not treat the data properly, may cause the data to be exposed in a way that is, uh, that can cause harm to not only financially, but but from a point of view of the business trust in the you know the trust of the business and the environment. So therefore, affecting the business's ability to make money. So if you look at it from an overall sensitivity of that data needs to remain in place. You need to be able to take action on it. And if you can't determine what the sensitivity of a piece of data is, 
you end up in a situation where you may just say, oh, hey, look at the screen to some random person, and it contains information in it that is sensitive to multiple different people. You may have exposed the company to some type of leak of data, we'll call it, exfiltration of data. That's mm -hmm. important to understand, and you may do it inadvertently. You may copy some data and just put it into a Google Drive just because right. you need to use it later. Not knowing the effect, you've just exposed the company to whoever has access to that Google Drive, exposed the company to something else other than that. So the important part here is, hey, knowing what the data is and knowing how to deal with it, because you can't control it if you don't know where it is, what it's doing, and how it's doing. And some of those control factors you may come into play are something like DLP, something called data loss prevention, DLP, it's a short mm -hmm. name for it. That just means you have something running on your machine that says, if I see something that looks like this, then I will treat it like this. And it may be something as simple as I saw a social security number, nine, mm -hmm. nine letters, nine numbers altogether. And I say, wait, I'm going to go and say, you can't print that to that user because it looks sensitive. You can't copy that because it looks sensitive. But if you don't have the DLP software in there, you don't have anything checking, you may not even know that they printed it, that they copied it, that they moved it to Google, that you, know, you may just be exposing the company by virtue of the fact of what you don't know. Ignorance is not bliss, no matter what anybody says, even though I some days you just like to hide your head in the sand. And part of this data categorization is not is to take your head out of that sand and really look at where your data is in your organization and how it flows. So you you've just mentioned something that that raises an, an, an interesting use case that that I've experienced, um, and it and it really came in the form of a challenge, right? And and maybe a common mistake. So we have all this new technology that that we're bringing to bear to help our our jobs be easier to build communication paths to our clients to to be able to be accessible. Uh, but on that same that same avenue uh, or vector, um, you could potentially have an exfiltration event. So, uh, like for example, if I was uh, if I was doing uh, banking, well banking or or maybe some type of financial transaction or maybe even if i was a a business where i was asking for credit card information and i'm doing this over um instant messenger or yep. some skype or or some type of of um of tool like that that's for general communication it's not usable and it's not permissible to use um for transporting private information, such as social security numbers or credit card numbers and stuff. And right. yet I've seen this in the past where people not thinking about it says, oh, just text me this or just or yeah. just instant message me this rather than using a secure channel. Yeah. Um, so, I mean. And this could be this could be a minefield. Right. So what challenges or common mistakes should people be aware of when when implementing like a data categorization initiative? I mean, and how can they overcome them? I mean, that's just yeah. one that I that I brought up from from personal experience. You know, part of it, part of it is knowing what's going on in the organization. Um, part of it is basically telling the organization how they can handle data, how they can handle things. A lot of organizations run by the virtue of the fact that this is the way we did it. And it's still functioning. And they don't realize some of the things they're doing is exposing themselves to possible, you know, issues later on. 
So when we look at this, we're looking at it from the perspective of, hey, as an organization, we need to say to our employees, this is the way to handle stuff. In addition, put controls around them. Are, they, are people allowed to communicate over non-company uh, assets? If they are, you know, can you restrict how they communicate? You can do it legally. You can do it, and, and legally is where you have to first start. So legally comes down to, is your is your um, is your handbook in place? Do you have security policies, procedures, standards? Do you have you communicate to the employees? Is there some type of awareness plan campaign? Do, do employees sign off that they actually have, have seen and and understand the policies, procedures, and such, and understand that they're re they're responsible? Do they have non-disclosures in place? Um, post uh, post employee termination, do, is there a non-disclosure? These are all come into place on how people can handle it. Is there things saying that, hey, you are not allowed to put this data in Google, Dropbox, Box, or your own personal OneDrive? Or did you not say anything? By not saying anything, it's almost like a tacit approval that it's allowed. Mm -hmm. So first you need to say, don't do it. The second thing is you can try to control it via some automated process, such as a DLP software, uh, Microsoft has Purview, um, the, there's various different DLP softwares out there. I, does, I think does Judy have anything like that? I don't remember. Uh, it was it was not on uh, it was not as a uh, as a DLP product. So DLP okay. product, what you're referring to would be a specific DLP product that that has a a function and uh, a specific purpose, right? Correct. Yes. Something okay. that can take actions on the machine. I see okay. something. I take action. And the action, by the way. You don't know first what you see, and that could come into two ways. One, I recognize it as something that may be sensitive, a driver's license format, a social security format, something along those lines that trigger the, the device to say, this looks suspicious, and maybe right. even multiple copies of those. And then secondly, could be classification, data categorization. Where's the data at? How do I classify that? That classification says, is it public? Is it internal? Is it confidential? Is it regulated? All those different things. You can treat those differently based upon where they sit and what they do. But the end all be all of this is to get to that point where you can take an action. So arguably, really data categorization and, and classifying and, and putting those things in place really is kind of like uh, asset inventory, right? The first one's always going to hurt because you have to categorize Absolutely. everything, right? So yep. once you do that, and you'll see where I'm going with this question, once you do that, you have it in a static static display, if you will, you have it in a, uh, in a spreadsheet, you have it in some type of collection mechanism or tool. Right. And now, now you have it, now you've categorized it, but things change over time. Your data is going to change the location of where they are. As a matter of fact, you know, uh, changes are going to be um, are, are 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 going to be happening in a, in a world full of of rapidly evolving technology, right? I mean, absolutely. You've got data sources that are changing. You have the technology that's changing. How do you remain relevant over time with this? How do you make sure that you keep on top of this? Because it's not a one and done, right? Yeah, you know. In, in regard to this, it's you're you're always looking at where your data is going, what it's doing. One of the big problems that's happening today, and, and this is a bit tangential to what you just said, but 
it's a point that I want to bring up because it, it illustrates something you're saying is where your data is flowing. Who else has access right. to your data? Third parties. We do a lot of business with third parties now. SaaS products. Where do you put right. your data? Are you, uh, yeah, are you um, respectively relying on the security of someone else's product, of someone right. else's thing to, to say you're secure? Um, and, and if you are, the, how knowledgeable are you of their security? How knowledgeable are you of what they're doing? That is one place where data flows in and out of your organization. You, you probably, most organizations probably use one or two SaaS products right immediately. You probably use, you know, uh, maybe, maybe even three, accounting product, type, some type of CRM, customer, re customer relation management, and then probably right. some type of cloud storage, because not many places are centralized where they can store, they build a data center and such like that. So you have probably three different relationships you've already established. You have three different security postures and your security posture yourself is reliant on how compatible those are, your knowledge of them, and your ability to configure them in a secure manner. All those things need to come together. You can't just rely on, hey, Microsoft is secure and assume you're secure. There's been many right. breaches that happened because of Microsoft. And so when you look at this overall, it's an ever flowing thing of where your data is, what's doing, who has it, and why they have it. And do they need to continue to have it? You need to know who touches it, what they're doing with it. So let me let me kind of wrap up with two questions that I think they're they're kind of where the rubber meets the road. Mm -hmm. So the first question is um, for someone just getting started in data categorization, what are just some of the key steps or best practices to begin organizing and categorizing data effectively? Because you don't want to do this, you know, willy nilly. You you should have a plan. Yeah. So the first thing you can start with is your structured data. You have programmatic structures that you have in place. Okay. So you have, you know, you have your CRM. Maybe it's the core of your how your infrastructure works. Okay. Look at where the data is in there, what the sensitivity of the data is, and understand how it how it is used within the product. Then the second thing to do is once you understand your structured data, the data which resides within those spaces then understand when it's removed from that environment and placed right. someplace else, that unstructured data then becomes something that you want to take into account, that you want to understand how it flows, where it's stored, how it's stored. Is it encrypted? Is it, is it, is it uh, encrypted in flight? Is it encrypted at rest? You know, it, where and what and how things are in place. Because if, if you know that, then you can at least trace where the data is. But it's mm -hmm. the company's responsibility to know where the data is. This is something that people don't understand because post haste, not knowing where the data is, when somebody comes yep. with what's called a DFAR, uh, you know, somebody asking to be removed from the system or asking okay. what data is in your system, you need to be able to articulate that statement. You need to be able to say, hey, this is where your data is. This is what data we have. This is what data we need to keep regulatorily. And this is what data we can delete. Yeah. And then once, it's, and then you may be asked to, you know, to delete their data, and you have a certain amount of time to respond. Yeah, we have to remind ourselves we have to be the good stewards of the data in our care. And so, mm -hmm. I think from a guiding principle that makes sense. So, my last question. Go. So, how do you present data categorization to a decision maker or a stakeholder to, to get things moving? How do we? How do we get the? 
the wind behind our back to be able to to get this thing going properly and successfully. So there's just two items where you can push on. Well, there's maybe three. There's regulation that may require. There's public trust that may want it. And then lastly, there is public news that may push for it. News of a breach, public public trust being that you don't have a breach, and the regulation may, may say you must do this in order to be able to do business. Those are three places where you can really kind of use the lever. Obviously, trust comes to money, if you really think, mm-hmm. and so does regulation, because in the end, both of those stem around somebody's willingness to do business with you. One, your licensure to be able to do business, but two, your your the trust they have that you will hold their data sacrosanct. Um, these, this is where you can start with, and you can point to many a news article at this juncture to say, "That's true." Hey, this is what happens. Also, there's just a side component that of cyber insurance. Cyber insurance gets more expensive over time. People mm-hmm. and, co- and corporations want to minimize that expenditure so that they can go in and say, "We we can we are insured at a reasonable rate." But cyber insurance has gotten to a point where they're getting more smart on how people need to maintain that infrastructure, their procedures, their policies, everything, so that they can do business and make their money. So the cyber insurance people, that's a business, and they want to make money just as much as you want to make money. So you need to smartly use them to get the most out of your contract with them as possible. And that's another place where you can see a cost benefit of doing categorization right. Because in the end, Data categorization is really a part of security in and of itself, because if you don't know where it is or what you're protecting, really hard to protect it. <laughs> you know, yeah. what are my and crown jewels? And, and if you don't, don't <laughs> the, your reputation is at stake too. Uh, Absolutely, if a breach yeah, public trust. The public so, trust is huge. So I now, now I go oh, ahead. Got hey, hey. Um, so, for example, we have a company or several companies asking Goliath, you know, okay, fine, let's become secure in all of our data. What would you tell them is the most important thing about data categorization when it comes to them deciding whether or not they really want to do it, whether or not they want to maintain it? Like, what would be your one sentence to them? It's like, if you don't do data categorization, then dot 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 then you're opening yourself up to the whims of whoever can access your system whether it be an employee or a malactor uh, a malefactor um, that will actually take advantage of your system and take the data out or cause integrity loss so in other words you are opening yourself up to profit uh, excuse me loss of revenue in the long run because you can be directly affected and shut down because of because of these things. We've just saw a big organization in Las Vegas shut down for multiple days, brought mm-hmm. back to the Stone Age, or maybe I shouldn't say Stone Age. Maybe we should just say early 1900s. <laughs> so, <laughs> and this right. is because of one of these factors. And right. you know, I I feel for them, and I I see I see the the relevance here. But the reality is. It, it's this isn't doesn't and that just to be clear well, that wasn't a day I, I don't believe that had anything to do with data itself that was operational uh, issues but from the point of view of this when you lose your data you lose and lose control of your data you lose public trust 
You may even lose the ability to do business just because you don't know what's happening to it, what's going on with it and such like that. So that was a really long way to say it could it could really affect your revenue. <laughs> I guess I have like this. I just do a lot of run-on sentences, so we'll go. Forward. No, no worries. Use a lot it's of. Okay. You're putting data categorization in context. That's what you're doing. Right. Yeah. He 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 transfers data in large packets. So nice. Gabriella, I'm nice. going to put you on the spot. After you heard all of this, are you still up for the root canal or data categorization, or did it put you on the fence? I feel like once you explain it and once you kind of give me like the data categorization for dummies, <laughs> I understand it a bit more, especially because I know that from my side, when it comes to someone who's like doing business, who just knows that cybersecurity is a must, but not necessarily like the whys in the hows. Like, for example, you were talking about how people text each other and be like, hey, what's your credit card number? What's your pin number or something? You know, I'm guilty of that doing that with like my sister or like my parents. Somebody will be like, oh, really quickly, just send that over to me that we don't even think about it. Um, but then like having an expert like you and Angelo come in and be like, hey, like that's on the very personal side, like the very, very minimum. But your data categorization in a company, imagine that like times a thousand times a billion. It could really affect not just you as a company, but all the people in your company, like your employees, um, your right. customers. Uh, so I think that's really important. And I mean, a can, root canal can take the back seat. I'll, I'll do the data conversation. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, I, I, I'll ask our podcast members, did that, did that move the needle for you and, and help uh, uh, get you out of a dentist chair? I know that the American Dental Association is is uh, frowning at that, but um, <laughs> in all honesty, it's not a scary thing if you know how to do it, what to do. If you don't, let me let me just say, um, talk to somebody at Goliath uh, Cybersecurity because we have the experts such as Angelo and his team to be able to walk you through this smartly, efficiently, and help build a program for you to, to be successful. And with that, uh, for Angelo, Gabriella, and myself, Andrew, uh, we thank you for staying with us. And remember, the best security device resides between our ears. Bye, everyone. See you guys. Yo!